You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello. Hello. Hello, viewers. Hello. Oh, sorry, that's Ashens. Oh, I was thinking that was the music from Countdown with Carol Vorderman. <laughs> no. When she picks the letters. You're way over there today. When she picks the letters and she says, um, you know, I've I'll have a consonant, Countdown. I'll have a vowel, you can have a consonant, I'll have a vowel, and then it makes that funny noise. Never watched it. So, um, what uh, is what is new and what is the before, <laughs> the after the show discussion? There's a few things. First of all, it's colder. It's getting colder in here. We're not turning on the heater. Which is much better. Also, listening to me be extremely annoyed about a computer slash website glitch of what probably was your worst bill nightmare in a grown-up life is that the mortgage company took my mortgage twice. That's you know, bad. You know That's what very that, bad. You know what that reminds me of? You know when you play Monopoly and you have to pick <laughs> those chance cards up? <laughs> One of the chance cards was... Well, there's a couple of, there's a couple of them. One is uh, a computer error enables you to have this amount of money. That's a new one, then. That's yeah. not old school Monopoly. And, the, and then <laughs> another one is a computer error means you lose money. You haven't played Monopoly in probably 20 years, and there's no way it said computer it error. It did say computer error, I swear. Yeah. When I play Monopoly, it said It a, didn't. Not a, from anything. Or a bank error, it says. A bank, bank error. error. That's yeah. fair. Which is exactly that. There's one that gives you 200, and there's one that takes away 200. So this is not that. It's, it's a real-life chance It's not care. fake money. I'm the, uh, you know, it's my... Only money in the bank, and of course they sucked it all out accidentally, so now I'm way overdrawn, lots of annoyance, and so I am uh, getting it out of my system, and I'm going to deal with it. Because I'll be fucked if they're going to tell me I have to wait like 15 days when they took it instantly, like instantly, whenever they took it. Like, boom, boom, oh, it took. Took too much of your money. Too bad. Banks like to take. We but have they don't to like prove to, to you. You have to prove to us. You gave us your money, and the ladies on the phone like I can see here where we've received double payment. You're right on the same day. And I'm like, do other people pay their mortgage twice on the same day? Obviously not. Well, we'll have to fill out a thing and send me a thing of your bank account and blah blah blah. You just feel like you're nothing. Like you're nothing. You are nothing. I am nothing, but to them, that's fine. But you know what? That won't go down without a fight. And so Monday morning, when of course it had to happen on a holiday weekend, because then there's just nobody around at all. But um, I'm perfectly willing to pursue it until I talk to the freaking CEO or whatever it's, the hell it it's is. It's a holiday weekend and you say nobody's around, but what what is around at the bank is the computer going, <laughs> Yeah, really. <laughs> I took we, it twice. We took everybody's money twice <laughs> so we can make $50 million yeah. interest and then in 15 days we'll give it all back. I mean, what kind of a scam is this? Uh, how about we won't? We'll just siphon it all into a uh, Swiss bank account. I mean, imagine that. They've got my almost $800, so they've put it somewhere. Obviously, they have an operating cost or whatever, but they put it in their bank. I don't have it they in They get bank. interest. I can't buy groceries. You don't. I'm over $600 overdrawn because of it, so I can't buy groceries. I can't pay bills. I can't renew the license on my car. I can't do but, anything. Um, they get interest on that money. Correct. And Not you, my little you amount, lose but... interest on that money. And you've had a friend who told you they did it four times in one month, and I've had somebody else tell me that it happened to them. It got double payment. Um, it's not payment. uncommon. Right. 
And everybody just goes, well, I just had I just to wait. I waited for I mean, fuck that. Who, who made this rule? I want to know. And my bank, well, we can't do anything because it's a company that you deal with willingly. I didn't willingly give them yeah, exactly. $1,500. I mean, I don't understand these policies. So I, uh, and you know, that's, it's money. We're not going to starve or anything. This so, podcast goes on no matter what, because basically we know it doesn't cost us anything. So, Essentially, it's free for us to sit here and talk. So that's good. Otherwise, it would not be happening. So it is Saturday, November the 26th. Happy uh, day after Black Friday. And uh, is it another day on Monday? Cyber Monday. Mm. Happy Cyber Monday. Oh, on. they'll be having a great day at TIB, My Banker's Bank, on Monday. Oh, that will be Cyber Monday, where the computer takes it again from you. Cyber Monday. Sounds like some kind of weird <laughs> hacking day. Seriously, so. the more I think about it, the more revved up I am. All right, I anyway, let's, let's move on to more happier Don't topics. say important I, things. I was going to say happier, but maybe Because if I don't resolve this, you don't get to eat in the next few months. So there you go. So it is Saturday, November the 26th, after the show number 455. We are a movie review podcast. And the movie we're looking at this week is Hell or High Water. It's a 2016 movie. Released on Blu-ray on November the 22nd, so you can pick this one up now. It's rated R for um, intense scenes and stuff. And it's from our friends at Lionsgate. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis without going into spoilers much, because we will go into spoilers later, or the synopsis of Hell or High Water. This one's a tough one. I always think we should read the synopsis of... way over there. I can't put my car chair I always think we should read the synopsis of the book. I put it. I put this thing in the corner, which is where it goes. I can't be all the way over there, so I'm going to sound far away. Um, put it. Uh, the synopsis is. It's a hard one because it's not super straightforward. It's an anti-hero movie. Two brothers, Robin Banks. Uh, and then I mean these are sort of tropes that we've heard a lot of. A retiring ranger or Texas ranger. This is in Texas. Those cop guy um on the tail or on the on the case about to retire you know that kind of thing Always. but it's really just an anti-hero man versus man and man versus himself kind of a story but it's really good is that part of the synopsis no it's really really good your opinion of the movie is not in the synopsis anyway uh so that's the synopsis um there will be spoilers in this particular review it's hard to talk about this movie without spoiling some things so Go and watch it, go and buy it, go and rent it, go and do something, come back, listen to us talk about it. <laughs> so, uh, Hello High Water. Um, I knew nothing about this movie, except I did know this. Uh, it's, pre- it's pretty good, this movie. I heard a lot of people say when it came out in the cinemas, hey, that was a good movie. You know, when they came back from seeing it, saw them post on Facebook, saw them post That's what I on just Twitter, said. and they posted... Hey, this is a good movie. It's you really should see good. this movie. So that's what I knew. I'll tell you how good it is. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Well, I actually think it's a 10 out spoilers. of 10. Spoilers. Is a spoiler? <laughs> I'm so, not, that's nothing to do with the movie. I'm just saying, I don't give 10s very often. And I try to think of any flaw or anything that let me down or anything that made my eyes roll or anything that made me go, oh, okay, okay. Nothing. Even the old trope of an old ranger or a cop about to retire and how this could be their last whatever. Now, um, and the anti-hero theme is not new or anything, but it was done so well and the performances are all good and the music is good and the it, setting is great and 
It is good moral tale. Like one of those around this time of year, the award season starts to begin and movies, you know, serious kind of drama movies come out that are vying for awards and stuff, you know. And it is definitely a kind of, a movie that would go amongst those movies. It is, you know, what I thought was really unique about this movie. And, you know, I love heist movies and bank robberies and stuff. And most bank robbery and heist movies are amped up for Hollywood excitement. They're made to be, like, hyper-exciting. They use gadgets. It's a little bit far-fetched. This is like a bank robbery movie that is very real. Like, it's... If some dudes started robbing banks around here, this is how I would see it. Like, it looked like that's how it would happen. There's nothing extravagant about it. There's no... They're not super geniuses. They're just people who walk in and threaten some people and take some money. In fact, they try not to do They've any damage. They've figured out. Yeah. They just yeah. get in, get the money, get out, right? They don't really want to hurt anybody. It's the kind of plotting and planning that we've all, whether we like to admit that we're criminals or not, have probably thought about, like, how the hell? Just like right now. I might think to myself, how the hell can I get? <laughs> how could you bring down a, how could you rob a casino? How could you rob a bank? How could you rob a grocery store and not hurt anybody? Get the money because like you're desperate for whatever. Or just like, how could I really do it? Like the perfect crime. Oh, I could see that. Like I could talk to that clerk over there. She seems pretty lax and she's in charge of the money drawer over there and I bet if I got her distracted I could have some you know you just look at maybe I just have a and there is client, none of this in this movie there is literally it's planned two already. men with guns walking into a any bank and just asking for the money right? well the one brothers really planned it all out we just didn't see that part right but it's not like all this fancy you no. know, Ocean's Eleven no, or no, something. No. It's, it's literally like a real how I would see you stood in a bank and two men walk in with guns that is it like that's how it, how it goes down um but it's not all about bank robberies, this movie. It's got a lot of layers to it. And that's what I appreciate about it. What is really cool about this movie, and I said to you a few times, I don't even think some of these people are actors. Because some of this stuff seems so natural coming from people. It just seems like they're townspeople who live there. Uh, and you don't actually get that a lot in movies. It's usually either a st- very stereotypical person who's playing that cowboy guy over there and when stuff comes out of the mouth it's clear they're just you know being that person but didn't you agree there was lots oh of- yeah there were if you met a townsperson you felt like they just walked into that town and, and let them be in the movie and it wasn't the case because i had a look there wasn't any of that it wasn't like there's a lady in a restaurant for instance in this movie who comes across to me as might be a little bit exaggerated but fairly real to somebody who lived there so long and when you come in to eat some food from there, she doesn't really want any of your fancy bullshit. She just wants to give you a steak and leave, you know. She felt really real to me. But she's not, you know, she's an actress. But the way this director gets them to deliver whatever they're delivering, it feels really real. Conversations, actions, everything. Like the cars they use, everything seems very grounded. Um, And this movie... Talking about Grounded, the performances are, like, fantastic across the board. I don't think there's anybody bad in the movie. If there's anybody... I agree. Um, you know. There's a little bit of mumbling, which annoys the shit out of me with Jeff Bridges, but after a while it cleared up and I was okay with it. Um, Jeff Bridges, uh, 
He's he's fantastic in this movie. It's it's like it's like Jeff Bridges is not there and this old cantankerous sheriff guy is there in, in his place. It's he's not just acting like a, like an old cantankerous sheriff guy. He's a little bit racist and a little bit inappropriate. It's like he is embodying it. He's, he's changed his body movement. His like whole thing is like he's like got into this guy, and that, I always appreciate that. You know, I mean, we know Jeff Bridges. We know we've seen the Big Lebowski, and we've you know seen him over the years. But in this old dude role, dude, uh, that's not really a joke, I guess. He, um, you know, he he's like he's. he's it's crazy how realistic he is and how attention to detail. Actually reminded me a lot of um, the Robert Duval character in Falling Down. You know how... I mean, obviously, you've got the... It's a bit of a trope. I don't like mm-hmm. it. If I was a writer for movies, I would never write the, oh, this guy's about to retire thing. Or even mention it. You don't need to mention it, actually, in this movie, to be honest. I mean, yes, there is a bit of a plot point where he's kind of retired, but you don't have to be heavy-handed like that. I agree. At the beginning with, hey, it's... I mean, this this movie's not like, oh, hey, it's your last day on the job. I want. Hopefully it's a quiet day for you today because that is a Hollywood trope, isn't it? Lethal weapon. The lethal weapon is not the, um, I'm too old for this shit. He never says that. <laughs> no. Spoiler alert. But the big trope, uh, the, the big one for Hollywood where I would avo- always avoid it is that it's your last day on the job... Everything's probably going to be all sleepy and quiet today, and then you leave. But then it's the most crazy day ever, right, for that guy. Like Robert Duvall in Falling Down. And it literally is his last day on the job in that. So, um, Hell or High Water, it's a... It is a bank heist movie. It doesn't have tons of involved bank heists. It's not that movie, is it, either. It's um, They're very short, to-the-point bank heists. They're not in- incredibly violent. Either, I didn't think. Mm. I mean, there's some, there's a couple of punches, and a bit of shooting. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I'm talking about overall and the bank heists. They're not incredibly violent. It's not like people going in and smashing everybody's faces in, and you know, it's literally like getting get out. You know, there's lots of other movies where, uh, killing Zoe, for instance, where they just hurt everybody. Like the bank robbers just hurt everybody. Because they can, right? This is not that. They just need this money. Now, the other thing running through this movie, which I think is interesting, but slightly heavy-handed, if I did have... I would knock a point off for this part. Um, It has a message running through it about America and, you know, towns, small towns disappearing, people in debt. It does lay it on a bit thick, I think. Some, not, it doesn't need to as much. There are lots of lingering shots of a car driving along and showing you, oh, look, there's a sign that says this is being sold and there's a sign. It did that a little bit too much for me. I got the point pretty quick. This place, it's a place in Texas. There's a lot of oil companies coming in, buying people's land. They don't give a shit about the people. They're just like, here's some money, get out of your house. Or, you know, uh, we're going to put a... What do you call it? A fracker on your yeah on your plot, and uh, basically where you used to live is just going to be a twenty-four hour mining operation. We're just going to get oil from there. That is a real life thing that's happening all over the country, all over the world, actually. Um, and it shows that, and it shows there's a part where there are some cowboys, and there's been a 
because of the oil fields and everything, a fire on the ground. And that is a little bit political, that scene. It's like, look, this is what they're doing to us. We used to be fine here doing our cattle, but now we have to contend with that. I think there was a bit of that stuff which was a little bit heavy-handed. Did you agree with that? No, I disagree. That was perfect. And that was what? I thought that was perfectly balanced because it's not exaggerated at all. See, it, it reminded me of a Spike Lee a movie like... where I hate Right, that. but you're not from a place like that. So I am, and when I go back, it is like that. There are towns that when I was a kid, and we're only talking 40 years ago, 35, 40 years ago, where the entire square, as we call it, was completely teeming with a business in every single building, all around every single place, packed on a Friday night, packed on a Saturday night, bustling all day long. You go uptown to a restaurant, multiple restaurants, couple of grocery stores. You know, there's some lady who could sew your thing for you and somebody who'd fix your vacuum for you. And now when you go there, this one town, the county seat, there are about three businesses on this particular square. And either the buildings have fallen in, they've co- they've tore them down, or they're boarded up, or they're empty. Another town where I grew up, you can literally see through about a third of the buildings because they've collapsed. No one's taking care of them. And it's not an exaggeration. In fact, it's a little bit understated because it's not, it doesn't get up a close. It's all these distant shots of closed down businesses. It's no exaggeration to drive down the street in a semi-small town, like anywhere from 20,000 down. I'm from a town with 300 people. That's really small. But to have um, quick loans, title loans, car loans, payday loans, cash your check here, get your loan here, all these places, like loads of them. See, I didn't think it and was exaggerated. And people don't know this. I thought it was. But they're owned by humongous corporations. They're not little mom and pop shops. They're actually owned by the same company that owns my mortgage company. And so I felt like it was actually sort of understated. And I didn't catch that the fire was started because of that, but I guess. The fracking causes a lot of fires because of the. I didn't catch pumps. that. That that well. That, it was implied because I didn't. He didn't say that. No, he said that. He, he just said, said, "Why would we do that?" And then he just. And said, now we have to contend with that as well as this. Like, he, uh, I, I didn't get that. That's what he was talking about. So, but that is a comment. That is a uh, when the oil companies come. Right, but I don't know that watching this movie. I don't bring. What that happens is uh, it's a hot. If it's a temperate and you have that perfect conditions for a fire setting, well, the oil. Um, pumps can set a fire which right, then but that's just information that they either need to tell me in the movie i shouldn't have to come in with it so i didn't catch that so that didn't seem like anything to me except it's a fire that they have to like because of there's oh. nobody around i mean to help it, them what, what this movie it points out a lot is and it, and it also does it about banks uh, that which i like that part actually um about that because the whole crux of this movie is these two brothers are you uh, spoiling it now? Yeah. Uh, being <laughs> Spoilers. The two brothers are... Uh, the mother's died. The ranch... Is it a ranch? Would you call that a ranch? They call it a ranch. That they own. She owned, but she didn't own it. The bank owns it. Right, the bank owns it. The bank... What the bank has done is... back. What the bank has done is given her a reverse mortgage, which... A what? It give, a reverse mortgage. It's They give you all the money for your house. Yeah. Then you... Still owe it, but then you keep paying them back for it. But you get all the money for it up front. Now, what they've done oh, is, and he even made, he, there's one line in there that ca- encapsulates it all that the bank is giving her just enough to keep her poor, but breaking her at the same time. So she had to pay all this money. And then the banker, you know, that sleazy banker who says, all those taxes that were owned, owed by your mother, now that's a courtesy for yeah, us to take care of. That, yeah. But you still owe us. After mm. she dies, you owe us for that. Now, that's the kind of banker mentality that, you know, 
yes, I got to make money. I'm not arguing that if you owe somebody money, you got to pay it back. But it's this weird, because I look around and loads of the people who used to own big houses and farms around where I'm from, again, same exact thing. And they're, they're not doing anything with them. They gave you a loan that you couldn't pay back. They foreclosed on it. And then they sold it to somebody cheap. And now that person's doing nothing with that house or with that farm. It's just sitting there because it's a tax write-off for them. So then you have 150 acres that are sitting there doing nothing. That used to be family farms with houses falling in. So your perception of it being like heavy-handed, I think, is funny because I'm just like, no, it, that I'm. It's just I'm some of the shots for me were a bit long-winded and heavy-handed. So you don't drive around there much no. in a place like that. So I think you'd you'd be like, whoa, this is like they <laughs> they wrote down the same road that I go down. But it's these two brothers who that happened to them. The mother's dead. Uh, and they have to pay the bank for this house if they want to keep it as their legacy. Like, you know, we, we don't want like the oil company to have it because there is oil on the land. We want to keep the ranch and our family lives there and, uh, you know, it's all back in... Well, his... that's not accurate. Nobody lived there except the guy. His no, children... I'm saying he wants to house his family in it. And Right, but remember, he's divorced because he's a jerk. Yeah, I know, but... His kids haven't seen him for a year. Ultimately, he wants to keep the house. Right, but we're painting him as this poor guy who's had a family and the bank's taken away. He's already divorced. He hasn't seen his kids for a year because he can't pay his or hasn't paid his child support. His mother obviously was terrible because when he tells his ex-wife that she died, the ex-wife goes, well, good riddance. No offense. The other brother says, when he goes to look at the room where she died in, he's just like, well, fuck her anyway. So this isn't a family that's all like, oh, this oh, cherished, no, wonderful, upstanding family is getting everything ripped out from But the idea them. of the movie is that to get this money back, these two brothers rob the bank that they owe the money to and pay them back with the money that they rob. So it's kind of a Fuck you! Like here's your own money back, and right. we're free of you. So that's the uh, that's the whole oh, spoiler. That's the <laughs> yeah, that's the whole um, mission from their point of view. But they're they're not these super organized criminals. They're reckless. You know, well, one of them's particularly reckless. You know, they they're they're robbing banks willy nilly. Or you know, how many robberies are in this? I think five. Yeah, I mean, and they're doing it over the course of a couple of days, just going to banks, robbing them. As many of, of this particular b- branch of banks. Um, so there's that. And then on the other side of this movie, there is the Jeff Bridges sheriff guy with uh, his assistant. And they're, as in a lot of good heist movies, on the trail. But they're not on the trail, like, literally, like, sniffing at their heels mm-hmm. all the time. They're, like, a little few steps away Kind of figuring it out slowly, what's going on here. And this sheriff's got like a slower kind of methodical... He's a ranger. I'm sure we want to clarify that. Ranger. Yep. And he is, uh, you know, like he's, like I said earlier, he's, uh, he's in his last days at the uh, at this job. Everything's a little bit slow for him anyway. You know, he'll like take a few days to do this, do, you know. So it makes it... And there's also his deputy. Is that the right no, word? No, it's his partner. Ranger. It was his partner. Equal Is that what you partner. call it, partner? He said, my partner. Yeah, I know, but that's, uh, I was just thinking of in, in military, well, not military, police. Um, yeah, it's his partner. You're both the same. rangers. In Texas, you're called a ranger, right? Like, as in a um, Texas ranger and yeah. Chuck Norris. <laughs> you're one of those guys, right? And the reason they're different... Like Dust Till Dawn, he's a ranger. ...from other uh, policemen 
is because in, they were literally like it's the rangers like from the wild west mm, I don't know the origins but like Texas was one of the main that's <laughs> where a lot of cowboy movies from the old days take place in Texas because right what in the middle no Texas is south no I mean like in, in the middle of like was everything established during the Wild West? No. That's what I mean. So it was in the middle of like... Oh, no, New Mexico and Kansas and Utah and There's something special about Texas Nevada. in terms of the Old West. I don't know. But anyway, In relation to this movie, I do not know. These two <laughs> ranger guys. Uh, one ranger is an um, American Indian. And the... You know, the Jeff Bridges character is, like, an old-school dude who's, like, racist? I don't think he is racist at all. I think that his, like, the way they explained him and the way that I took him was, he knows that what he's saying makes him sound like like he doesn't get it. But, in fact, he's acknowledging. I mean, he would die for Well, later on in the movie, you will have a different view of it, maybe. But at first, I never took it I, bad I'm, at all. Well, at first I thought, oh my god, this Because every time he said it, the Native American guy would just smile and roll his eyes. So that told me that they have a long history of this, and that this guy always says this. I'm not saying it's appropriate or acceptable, no, but the guy that you're saying it to, if he's this recipient, and he's rolling his eyes at you, and then he smiles when he turns around like, oh, that guy. I mean, I didn't take it as racist, except that, especially when he said, well, when I'm done with the... You're off Mexican, the, I'm going to Mexican When I'm done stuff. with the Indian yeah. insults, I'll get on to the Mexican insults. And then he smiles, and then the other guy kind of rolls his eyes like, whatever. It's that kind of relationship. But it's not like he's putting him down ever, because the Native American guy is never... He's not like a patsy or anything. He's like the strong one of the two, to me. He was more like like patting him on the head for like, okay, okay, I get it. Because the Jeff Bridges guy would die for him. So it's not like he's actually insulting him. But no. you feel a little weird when he's saying it. At the but very then you beginning, have to realize you, you can't just regulate everything everybody says. But yeah, but it's that old school mentality. He's he's not PC. He no, will make no. Um, he'll make you know he'll say anything. Uh, and but I think he, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it gets revealed later on that his partner will not take offense to any of it. I think he does at one point on the bed a little bit. He's like, I kind of had enough of this. It's kind of annoying. Like. No, I think he was just annoyed at that moment because yeah. it's like it's nighttime and you're just sitting here drinking beer while I'm trying to relax and go to sleep and you still won't shut up. Yeah. I think he could have been saying anything and he would have been like, <laughs> other one he's saying, shouldn't you be dancing around the bed, burning um, rosemary or whatever, sage, instead of watching this he's like, I'm a Christian guy on the TV and the Indian guy goes, he's scrubbing his teeth in bed and he's like, I'm Catholic. Like, your perception of me is not accurate. No. So, um, yeah, so this movie, you know. It, that that's basically what it boils down to. I think we've pretty much told you everything about it. <laughs> it's, it is a heist movie with a political slash life message about so I industry. Get, I guess I didn't get the political thing so much, but... Well, about big industry and banks especially and change in small places where these big companies don't give a fuck about your small little place. If it's got something they want, they'll come and get it. And if it hasn't, you might not survive anyway because no money influence. It's it, and that is true because mm-hmm. you lived, Very true. you lived when you were a kid in a small place. Still, I mean, and still... when we go to it and look at it, it's 
The don't. towns have no grocery stores. <coughs> they have, away. They have Casey's and Philip 66 gas station, the BP gas station with the deli and all the food and all that stuff. And two Casey's store in one of the towns. There's a Dollar General in one of the towns. Right next to where there used to be a little tiny grocery store that my friend owned and ran and had a deli and hot food. As soon as Dollar General came in, well, guess what happened? It just, it was like people couldn't go over to his store and buy a can of Campbell's soup for $2.25 because Dollar General has it for a dollar. And, that, and you think, know? think about it, the gas stations are the oil companies. Yep. So And they sell the food and yeah. they sell groceries. I mean, they sell the hot food. They sell pizzas, like fresh made pizzas. So Casey's is a gas station. You know, yes, we do have to have petrol stations because we drive cars, but they are like, they're like a virus. Like They come in and go, oh, look, we're bringing jobs to your town. And then you realize it's like 10 jobs yeah. out of like 1,200 people for the whole county. It's not really, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think this is an exceptional movie. One of the best I've seen this year, to be honest. It's really, really like, I don't know, if you like a drama... It's got action. Don't get me wrong. It's, I mean, it's got full-on action in this movie too. It's got some. It's, I was I was thinking that um, big fire that takes place on the planes there. That must have been CG because I doubt there was a big fire while they were filming. Just randomly. True. <laughs> so, it looks really good. It looks really good. It's like one of those CG effects that you don't think about afterwards. I was like, nah, they couldn't have set fire to a whole field just to have that shot. It has to be CG. But I mean, you don't even think about it while you're watching it. So, um, I think it's, this is a fantastic film. You definitely should watch it. Uh, it's probably one of those smaller films that will go under the radar because it's not like a huge, big blockbuster. It's a smaller, kind of independent film, would you say? Like, I mean, it's a smaller budget. It's not like a Ocean's Eleven. Feels yeah. like it, yeah. Yeah, but don't let it go under the radar because it is exceptional. So, moving on to the cast, who we haven't really mentioned everybody. Ben Foster plays... Brother number one, Tanner Howard. I'm a big fan of Ben Foster. He's really super intense for me all the time. Um, and he picks the right roles, roles where he needs to be, roles where they need an intense person. And uh, what did you think of him in this? I mean... Really good. Like, actually, like, whoa. Kind of like when I watched um, The Town. You know, the feeling you got about Ben Affleck and Jeremy Renner at that point was like, whoa, they just, like... Get it. They get that guy, yeah, and then they act it, perform it just right, and I was totally impressed. Because this Ben Foster character, Tanner, he, you know, he's the brother who's just got out of jail. He, when it comes to the bank robberies, he's not afraid to punch somebody in the face. He'll get a bit wild. He's actually a bit out of control, like because they go for some food in a restaurant, and he says, "I'm just going for a shit." Okay. And then he comes back, and he hasn't been for a shit. He went and robbed a bank on his own across the road. Like it's like. He's just, you know, out there. He's like a live wire. And, like, he turns it on and off during the movie. There's sometimes where he's, like, being, I'm your brother, to the Chris Pine character. We need to have a talk. We're brothers. And there's other times where he's just wild, like, off his head. Like, so I thought he was, I thought he was ex- exceptional. Chris Pine, who we just saw recently in Star Trek Beyond. And what did I say right before this movie started? Don't I'm not really. a big fan of Chris Pine. He's going to have to really win me over. And guess what happened? Guess. He won you over. Correct. Now, we did see Chris Pine earlier this year. We saw Chris Pine and Ben Foster together in The Finest Hours, which was the, the true story about the rescue on the oil tanker. And he was fine in that, too. Was I think I thought he was good in that, too. But there just still was a little bit of plasticness about him. Yeah. A little bit of It was theater. that kind of movie, though, wasn't yeah. it, as well? It wasn't like a really super gritty movie. It was more of a Hollywood kind of romanticized version of that. 
Um, but they were really good together, those two, in that. And they went on straight from that to make this movie. Now, this is, to me, and I've seen Chris Pine in quite a few things, the best he's ever been. Because he shuts Chris Pine off. You know, the, the charming, Hollywood, leading man, attractive, kind of, you know, smile at the camera, white teeth guy. He He shuts that guy off. And he gets really reserved and kind of shy. Like it, it, his character is the opposite, almost to his brother. He's the one who's more thoughtful and doesn't want to be wild. And like, you can see when they're doing the bank robberies, and his brother's getting a bit violent or you know swearing at somebody. In hi- in him, he's like, "We don't need to do that. We just get the money and go. Like we don't need to be rude to these people." So Chris Pine just like he just he like shriveled up, didn't he? Like into himself. It was like he. That's a good description. Yeah, and it, it was, it was quite. It's the best, definitely the best thing I've ever seen him done. I, you know, when they say like actors have a broad range, from playing Captain Kirk to this character, it's so far away from each other. It's really like interesting to watch. Jeff Bridges, who's been around in movies forever, we all know him, and ever and ever, plays Marcus Hamilton, uh, this old, awesome. I've got to say, it's an awesome, memorable character. And it's memorable because of Jeff Bridges. I think my computer decided to just... It did. It's memorable because of Jeff Bridges. I have no idea why that is happening. (laughs) You'll have to fill in while I fix it. (laughs) I have a problem with Jeff Bridges only... um, I don't remember loving the Big Lebowski as much as everyone else. And... When it comes to the way he does that thing with his mouth, if that's a natural thing, I don't know, but he does this thing where the bottom of his mouth sticks way out and you can barely understand And he what doesn't he's do that, does he? Another he comes movie. and goes. He did another movie and I was like, oh, when he did, um, he was, he was the guy in, um, Tron, right? Yeah. And he was, and I remember saying, I can't understand the thing he's saying. And there was a lot of bad looping in this movie. That was the only bad thing I could think of was when they dubbed over people's voices occasionally. Goodness knows why, but that was a little bit rough. So I might have to take a half a point off for that. But as far as he goes, this was to me a an actor who's not nearing the end of his career or anything. But I mean, he's been around many, many years, and you know, he's not going to be around for another hundred years or anything. Almost like the character he's playing. Like I'm, I'm getting a little long in the tooth here, and I think he just really the moments that it. That it hits home for me, or when he's saying the what you call the racist comments to his partner, and he looks at him, and the partner's not even reacting, and he's looking at him like, that's not what I want to say to you, but that's all I can say to you. That's I'm all I know to... how to say it to you. And I can see that in his face, and then, I won't spoil anything big, but there's a moment when, and the, oh, that one part where they're just, I was like, that's perfect, perfect, perfect. I thought he was Where, where they were what? Talking. <laughs> yeah, what am I going to say where it is? What it is? I'm not a spoiler person yeah, for this part. Uh, what we didn't say about the Jeff Bridges character is his wife has died. He's this older, you know, gentleman. And, you know, he's alone in the world, really. Aside from having his partner at work, who he likes to rib a, bit, a little bit <laughs> in an affectionate way. It is an affectionate way to him. And that that's what made it feel really real to me, his character. Because, yes, I've seen people do that. I've seen not older people either, either, just people, just be kind of cruel. Yeah. But they're not being cruel in their eyes. 
they're actually showing you some like they're actually. But then that the question is, what's cruelty? Because if I feel like you're being an asshole, then you're being an asshole. Right. Your intentions they are not important. Don't think that the way I take it is what's important, and so that's why it's interesting to to under to grasp that. The thing is, though, he's a grown man. He's you know, he's probably sixties. Hey, you know, he's old enough to know better, right? To know how yeah, to communicate absolutely. with people, and yet there's just something in there. Me, I'm a very blah. I'll just say whatever, whatever comes to my mind, pretty much. I've never held back or been afraid of expressing myself, good or bad. But I grasp because I know people like this. My father's like that. I think my brother's like this. I think my nephew is one of those where he might say something and you go, oh, why did you say that? But on the inside of his brain, he's like screaming to not be... To, I don't know how to describe it. but it, And I could see it in his face when he was doing that those yeah. few moments. And Gil Birmingham plays Alberto Parker. And he's the partner what do you think of him absolutely excellent i mean seriously to be able to hold up against jeff bridges has a lot more lines and a lot more you know he's focused on a little bit more but he balances him out exactly right to where if jeff bridges character was just on his own and saying those things to random rangers who weren't right there up next to him you would be like ugh. You know? Yeah. But this guy is sort of like the sponge to soak it up. And he accepts that without it. Like, uh, I like the way they said it. Without any malice, without any, like, hate in his heart, he totally gets it. So I thought he was amazing. He was like the anchor, really. Yeah. Of the movie. Uh, this is directed by David McKenzie. He's a Scottish director, actually. He's made a couple of films. Um, one called Starred Up, which I have not seen. It's about a prison. And one called Perfect Sense, which we just watched the trailer for. It's Ewan McGregor and Eva Green. It came out in 2011. It looks really interesting, actually, that movie. It's about a um, virus that hits the earth that takes everybody's senses away. Kind of weird. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Which is a a really good... I don't know what's going on. I like this director, the way that he seems to approach... And he even acknowledged that he, as DP and somebody else, were all... He called them foreigners. So coming to America... To understand this, now, the thing, the same thing has to be happening in England. Small towns and countryside towns being gobbled up and losing, cause your country's not There's that much than ours. There's less space. Right, but you still have tiny little towns, burgs and whatnot, out in the countryside that used to be full of farmers and little pubs and, I mean, that's the way True. it was. And now, because the cities are so close and the young people aren't gonna live out there, they even made a comment in this movie, the, guy on the horse said and we wonder why our 15 year old t- kids won't come out and do this right. job because they're on a horse in the middle of the hot day running from a fire with a bunch of cattle and it makes sense that your kid's going to go to the city and sit behind a desk all day at a computer and have a, like a cushy comfy job so i think it's happening everywhere it's probably happening all over the world to be fair um but he coming to america had never seen these big landscapes been to texas you know and i think that he've actually felt like, whoa, this is, I want to bring that in. And when you look at his shots of, like, the whole horizon with your little people, super tiny in the shot. Yeah, it makes stuff, it feel, I like the beginning part. It is with you the against the world. They do a robbery right at the very beginning, and then it, there's an extended shot of the car driving away. And it's, like, really smooth, yeah. the camera pans around. But then when it pans up, you see, like, oh, shit, look how long these roads are. If you're a British person, which the director's Scottish, 
it's unusual. It's not like what you see in your country. It's like, whoa, this place is huge. Yeah. Like, our place is pretty small. The thing is, though, you don't see the whole country. You can see the same wide shots in England. Yeah, but not quite so... Yes, you can. Nothing. Like, when he said, when you're looking out over the plains, and it's just flat, and there's literally nothing, you can... As far as you can see, there is nothing. It's just... That's it. You can't see that in England. It's all hilly. There's no... Well, some rolling hills, but it's not, like, mountainous. But there's no... That doesn't occur, like... Flattened. As far as the eye can see, there is nothing there aside from, what, grain in a field. That's it. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a good-looking movie, too, i got to say. Really good shots. The action scenes are really intense, the way way it's filmed. It gets up on the camera. I noticed the cameraman jumps up on the desk <laughs> when, they're in, when they're robbing the store. There's a cameraman up on the desk. So it makes... When he gets up on the... He jumps up on the desk, um, the... Ben Foster character. The camera's up on the desk too, and it makes you feel like, oh shit, like I'm right in there with it. So yeah, it's cool. Um, extras on this Blu-ray, there are some. Quite good, actually. There are Enemies Forever, the characters of Hella High Water. Visualising the Heart of America. Damaged Heroes, the performances of Hella High Water. There's a red carpet premiere, and there's a filmmaker question and answer. It's enough for extras, actually. I expect a lot less, because it's, you know, these kind of drama movies don't come with a lot of extras. But what the extras are, and don't watch these extras before you've watched the film because they really tell you everything. Yeah. More than we've just told you. Like, they tell you everything. They even show you key scenes that are, like, the biggest spoiler scenes ever. So wait till the movie's over before watching them. I know some people who watch extras before the movie when they buy a Blu-ray. Just to find out about the movie just or what, what? Like, I want to see these extras. Like, it, Are these people crazy? Yeah, it's weird. So don't do that with this. Um, so, yeah, in conclusion, this is one... Ma- I, I'll, it will definitely, I think, from all the movies we've seen so far this year and the year's almost over, be in my top movies of the year. I can't see it couldn't be. So, um, and you? I give it a 10 out of 10. With tiny so marks definitely be in your top movies yeah, of the year. Yeah, because I felt like the entire time I was engaged, I was empathetic, sympathetic, and judgmental all at the same time. I can't root for anti-heroes even though you're supposed to be torn but you understand right from wrong but I understand also motivation. I mean, if I could go to my banker's bank right now and rob him of $600 or $758 I'd be like, you know what? If nobody got hurt and it's my money anyway, fuck them. You know, I can get it. I'd still be doing something wrong. So, it's that torn thing you know and he said it's about human condition and what we do and, and how you do we have and... you do have moments of like i'm rooting for the brothers but then it'll switch to the sheriff the, the rangers know, but, and but the rangers like, oh. have done nothing wrong so there's no reason to question their motives no or... i mean you because they're actually likable too i'm thinking no i want them to get the men i want them to get the brothers but then when sometimes when i'm watching the brothers i'm like oh yeah but the situation like i don't want it's them not to like get watching caught. cop car <laughs> no, but Cop Car is some. I was thinking of Cop Car while I we watched it. To my it's a similar, similarly made film. The way it is made, like on on a certain budget and a certain level of quality of it, which is good, and you very good acting. And that movie involved a couple of kids who were awesome. 
Like so, yeah. It I was did amazing. Think of, that I was another ten out of ten movie. I think I don't know what I gave it, but I feel like it was a ten out of ten. So thanks to Lionsgate for Hella High Water. You should definitely see this movie. I highly recommend it. Um, as as Rotten Tomatoes say, <laughs> it's uh, something fresh, certified fresh. But I certify it very good. <laughs> <laughs> that's my. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's uh, thanks to Lionsgate. You want to enter a contest and win a uh, poster with Chris Pine on the front? Nothing to do with this movie, but it's a Star Trek Beyond Mondo poster. Go to ascully.com. There are only 500 in the world. It's gorgeous. You could win one of them. Yeah, we actually have it now, so yeah, go and win. Um, next week's Blu-ray review is Don't Breathe. We're going to look at that next week. And we, we won't breathe throughout the entire movie, and there might not be a podcast. So movie recommendations, I am going on. Uh, based on Hell or High Water, two movies that kind of sprung to my mind. And the first one is No Country for Old Men. This movie is a very similar tone and subject matter to that movie. Even though that movie's a little bit more crazy. Yeah, it's a little but more... But the tone is the same. Comic booky-ish, yeah. almost, but still really And good. the people, you know, the, the Tommy Lee Jones character is a similar type of dude. As the dude. <laughs> but uh, No Country for Old Men, awesome Coen Brothers movie from several years ago. If you've not seen it, what the hell are you doing watching movies? What are you doing with your life? And my second one is the remake of The Mechanic. Uh, it starred Ben Foster. It was one of the first movies I saw Ben Foster in. And I, The Mechanic's not a fantastic movie. But it's Jason Statham and Ben Foster. But it was a lot better for having Ben Foster in it. So it's one of the fir- it's the first time I ever saw him, I think, and it, he impressed me. And then you know, going on forward, I like to watch him in stuff. So your recommendations are? My recommendations are young adult, not because it's great or anything, but because it has a moment where Charlize Theron's character goes back to her kind of suburbia hometown, smallish, and looks down the road as she's. Riding or driving, and it's all franchises, all chains of restaurants and gas stations. And the song is like, what what the hell happened or what the hell's going on? I can't remember what song it is. But she's just looking at like, what? This isn't my town anymore. And it's like the opposite of some of my little towns where there's just nothing. Or big franchises have moved in, like kind of scooping you up and going, oh, look, we'll save you, little town, you know. So that's that one. Scrooged. I'm starting on a holiday kick here. So it's after Thanksgiving. So every week I'm going to do a holiday movie. Scrooged is one of my favorite holiday movies of all time. Do you know what one of mine is? I don't care. Because that's Bill Murray. (laughs) What? Elf. It's going to be on I I have three favorite holiday movies. Love Actually. Yes. Elf. Yes. And Die Hard? No. (laughs) Or Die Hard 2. Bad Santa. Oh, of course. Duh. <laughs> Bad Santa 2 is in theaters now. So you would recommend Bad Santa. Oh, absolutely. It's funny. It's really funny. Those is a good combination. Elf, which is goofy which and is, funny and, and sweet. Which is very vanilla. I mean, but so fun Bad for Santa. everybody. Bad Santa. Bad Santa You don't sit your kids in front of Bad Santa. No, but ultimately it has... But it does have a heart to it, yeah. yeah. Um, and my other one is Cop Car, as we just talked about, because it's Kevin Bacon and a couple of kids, and it is also a... It's not anti-hero. Small town as well. Smallish town. Puts some things on its head about who you're rooting for or not. You know, whatever. It's really, it's really good. Really good. 
Alright, so games and A-Scully stuff this week. I have been playing the new Call of Duty, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Just been playing the campaign of it. And um, yes, they have gone full on sci-fi this time. The level that I just did before we watched this movie was me in a spaceship. Actually in a spaceship. Dogfighting. In space. Not even on foot. Shooting a load of other spaceships down. Then landing on a space station... And then fighting your way through the space station on foot. But there's no gravity in, inside the space station because its gravity thing is turned off. So you can f- kind of float, go upside down. You can shoot, like, you, you disorientate it a lot because you're floating all over the place. Um, and then when you get through the space station and come out the other side, flying a spaceship through a black hole or something into another place. I mean, it's as far away from Call of Duty as you could possibly imagine. It's more Halo than Call of Duty now. But... um it's actually really fun, really good graphics, and it's really uh, well made. Kit Harrington is the bad guy in this uh, from Game of Thrones, Jon Snow. They've had they had Kevin Spacey one year, so it's not like the first time they've had famous people. But um, he's a good buddy. When Steve Buscemi, oh no, Steve it's Buscemi quite, was Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, it's quite clear that he's the kind of buddy that's going to fall off something at the end. I'll I'll check it back in with you next week when I've finished it. That I get the feeling me my character is going to push him off something and he'll fall. <laughs> Probably. All right. I'll even go further than that. I bet he gets blown out an airlock or a window cracks in a space station and he gets flown out into space. <laughs> One of those things. So uh, yeah, I, I'll put money on that. So that's Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. It's really fun. Um, and. I've not even tried the multiplayer. I've also been playing more Titanfall 2. I think Titanfall 2 is the better game. If you were going to buy a shooter this this uh, season of games, Titanfall 2 is the best shooter out there for me. Um, it's just really fun. You're in robots. You're stomping around. You're also not in robots if you don't want to be. You're just a dude who can run up walls. and It's just really fast and fun. And the third game I've been playing is the new Hitman game. I've been playing a little bit of this. I've not played much. Maybe the first mission. But um, I've never been super into the Hitman games because they're always a little bit janky. I heard somebody refer to it refer to it on a review as Euro jank, meaning some of the some of the Hitman movies um, uh, games sorry are made in like like Croatia, I believe is one of the countries, and they have like a lower budget than a lot of other game developers and things creep into the games that make them a bit like wonky, you know? Like they've got one button that does four things instead of like simplifying, you know, this, it, it makes it a bit weird and like hard to play. But this new version of, um, Hitman, what they did with it is they made it episodic content. So every month is a new level that comes out. You buy one, it's like The Walking Dead. You wait a couple of months and there's a new episode. But that's what they did with Hitman this time. But it's been out nearly a year, so I picked up the edition where everything's in it. So all that episodic thing (laughs) is kind of on its head because you can just play all of it. But what's cool about this one from my me playing the tutorial mission is I love that stuff. You creep in. Like the first mission, there's a man on a cruise, on a, you know, a cruise ship. There's a big party going on the cruise ship as well. And he's a guy that you've got to kill. And he's in the cruise ship. And you start off, you're not on the cruise ship. And there's so many ways of approaching it. 
you can go and like dress as a tourist and just get on the cruise ship and not be noticed and then go and kill him some way. I mean, you can kill him like you can shoot him in the head with a gun or you can choke him to death with uh, some piano wire or you can get really creative and not use weapons at all. Like one of the ways, which I did it, the, the way I did it, was I found some rat poison in when I was breaking onto the cruise ship. What I did was I stole a, I found a locker with a cruise ship worker, like what do you call them? Sailor? A sailor costume in the, uh, in a locker. Put the sailor costume on, went onto the boat. Nobody give a damn about me because I look like I work on the boat. I just wandered around. I found some rat poison. I found the room where the baddie guy, who's like a top businessman, is going to go to. Like it's his office on the ship. And I put the rat poison in his whiskey bottle. And then I just waited. And I saw him go in his room. And then I looked through the window. He started drinking his... He drank his uh, whiskey. He sat at his desk and he just died. (laughs) And then I just left. So like, it's so creepy. Like you can do like weird stuff. And that's just one way. There's hundreds of ways you can do the objective. And the objectives, as the levels go on, apparently, from what I've heard of, get more and more interesting. This first one's really just a basic training kind of thing. So that's Hitman, uh, and that's out now. Um, I'm playing it on PC. That's been going on a long time. What, Hitman? Hitman, yeah. Yeah, and they've even had two different movies, and they've had many games. The movies weren't particularly good. I only saw the first one. Timothy Oliphant was the Hitman, remember? Yeah. It was not good. And then they made another one, which I don't even know who was the Hitman, but I didn't even watch it. That was how enthusiastic it was. The games, some are good, some are really bad. The last one, before this one, Hitman Absolution, was actually quite good. This one, I can tell almost immediately, is better than that one. So, uh, yeah, Hitman, it's a mixed bag, but it is a video game character, like Lara Croft, that stuck around for a long time. So, Sven what is it? It's a horror host. I mean, he's a horror host who dresses up in a funny uh, little outfit and makeup. And on Saturday night on MeTV, he does a show, two hours, where he presents a movie. A horror movie of some kind or old movie. It could be Abbott Costello meets a mummy. could be Frankenstein. could be Psss, which was a weird 70s movie yeah. about snakes. could or be Spielberg's car. truck. Or what? Duel. could be Duel. Not truck. Duel. <laughs> Trucks. <are good>, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just name the movie what it is. Truck, snake. Tonight is The Black Cat. And he only picked this one because... There's The Black Cat. It's... Um, on our wall. It's not about her. It's <laughs> because it was Black Friday yesterday. So yes. So that's what's been good. It's funny and it's quirky and it's weird. And you see a horror movie from yesteryear, which is often <laughs> yeah. also funny and quirky. True. Uh, so what's for dinner before we leave? Tonight, because I can't go buy groceries, as we have established, except I did find $10 when I was cleaning some stuff up in the garage. Of $10. But we happen to have a block of tofu. I have vegetables I've thrown in the crock pot, so we're in vegetable soup. So we're, we're fine on the food front. Um, what else? I think that's it for dinner. Unless I can grunge up something else. Judge up something else. And advice is, don't take it laying down or bending over or however else they want you to take it. Even if in the end, I have to follow all the stupid rules for this mortgage company and wait 20 days for my my money to come back. And they don't give me any sort of, any other, they don't pay for any of my late fees or pay off any of the stuff that's causing me grief, my overdrafts and all that shit. I will not go down without a fight. I'm not just a doormat. 
And if it gets it out of my system and I feel like I've done everything I possibly can and still I have to be just what, like you are, you are part of a system and at some point you have to accept that, that's fine. But I'm not just going to go, I'm not going to be frustrated about it and then go, well, I wish I'd called more times or I wish I'd made a fuss or I wish I'd sent more emails or What's no, that voice you're doing? I'll do all that's that weaselly little weak <laughs> voice and I'll just do it all. And then in the end, if I accomplish nothing by that, then that's fair. But don't take it laying down if you don't have to. All right. So let me remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidsaw.com. You can actually read them laying down. So that's all right. <laughs> you can uh, go to Twitter and Facebook. You can catch us on there. You can also catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, or just go to sayscully.com slash podcast. You can listen on the page or you can subscribe using any RSS reader. I use Feedly. That's my favorite one. You can email me at aschoolyatascoolly.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She really hates you all. I do and not hate anybody. Finally, stay classy, the dude. Do you do you like The Big Lebowski? I don't remember liking it that much, no. It's I have to see it, it again. Really good. I have to see it again. It's been a long time. He is really good in it, too. Okay, then I'll have to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, stay classy. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. Oh.